Welcome to 7-Minute Torah, an exploration of the weekly Torah portion with me, Rabbi Micah Streifer. If you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to subscribe or comment or share it with a friend. The Torah portion for this week is a hard one to read. It's called Korach, and it's about a man named Korach, who, together with his followers, rebels against Moses and Aaron in the desert. They rise up against Moses and Aaron and they say, Rav lachem, ki kol ha'eda kulam kadoshim. Enough of you, they say. You've gone too far, for all of the community are holy. Why do you, Moses and Aaron, lift yourselves up above the rest of the community? Now that sounds like a good argument for equality in society. But the commentators argue that Korach was in fact not out for equality at all. He was merely using those words as a veneer to gain followers so that he could rise up and seize power for himself. So Korach and his followers are asked to present incense in fire pans before God. And if God chooses them, then he will indeed be in power. Instead, what happens is a fire goes forth and consumes them. The earth opens up and swallows them, and the rebellion of Korach is over. So the message is, this is not the person, and these are not the values. Korach is seen as a greedy, power-hungry leader who would rebel against God and against goodness, who would use the language of equality and holiness in order to gain power for himself and who was able to bring along a fair number of Israelites with him. And perhaps that's the reason for what happens next. This is in Numbers 17. God commands the priests to take the firepans of those who have sinned, that is to say Korach and his group, and let them be made into hammered sheets as plating for the altar. And let them serve as a symbol, as a reminder as a warning to the people of Israel. In other words, the fire pans that Korach's group had used are now to be melted down and the altar is to be plated with them so that those fire pans and in a sense the transgression that they symbolize will always be right there visible to the entire community. And that's not all. Later in the portion, every tribe is asked to bring forward a staff and plant it in the ground. And the staff of Aaron, the high priest, flowers like a tree. And then that staff is also kept, again, as a reminder of which path, which leadership, which set of values God has chosen and the people have chosen. So here you have two symbols, one of goodness and one of transgression that are kept right there in the middle of the Israelite camp as they make their way through the wilderness. Why would they do that? Well, maybe the reason is obvious. People need reminders. Sometimes we call them souvenirs. Sometimes we call them memory aids. And sometimes we call them rituals. If you look around your house, I'll bet your walls and shelves have many objects that you've picked up along the way. Photographs, paintings, artwork, Judaica, diplomas. Each of them has a story connected to it. Each of them reminds us of a moment in time when we experienced something, enjoyed something, struggled through something, accomplished something. These are the ways that we continue to remind ourselves of our accomplishments, of our transgressions, of our values, of what we've learned, of what we still need to learn. Judaism has these kinds of symbols as well. The most obvious 
being the tzitzit, the fringes on the four corners of the talit, which are explicitly described as a symbol. When you see them, the Torah says, you shall remember the mitzvot. When you see them, you shall remember that you're Jewish. Not all symbols are physical. Shabbat is described as a symbol as well in Judaism, a reminder of the commandments, a reminder of our values, a weekly reminder of the life that we would like to be living and the selves that we still hope to become. In fact, every Jewish holiday is a reminder of some past struggle or triumph, some moment in history that helped make us who we are. Holidays, symbols, souvenirs, these are the ways that we as individuals and as a society can continue to learn from our past and to shape our future according to what we've learned. So what about Confederate statues? I grew up in South Louisiana where there are traffic circles and statues named for Confederate generals. Are those a way of remembering the past in order to learn for the future? Could you look at this Torah portion and see an argument for keeping those statues? After all, Moses is commanded to keep the fire pans that Korach and his group used in their rebellion, commanded to put them on the very altar so that the people would see them and not forget their past transgressions. But there's a very important distinction here. There's a big difference between, on the one hand, keeping something for educational purposes, keeping it as a reminder of past transgressions so we can learn for the future, and on the other hand, giving it a place of honor, naming a town square after it, putting up a statue. Those acts continue to give societal honor to individuals who fought against the values of the society, who attempted, like Korach, to establish something less holy, less free, and less equal. If anything, the message of Korach's firepans is that our task is to learn how to move through our past, how to learn from it, how to become something different, and not to preserve it in its original form. This argues for the creation of museums about slavery, about civil rights, about the treatment of indigenous peoples, in North America. It argues for the inclusion of these important topics in our educational curricula. It argues that we need to remember the past but not preserve it. We need to move forward and not backward. Forward toward the promised land, not back to the Egypt of slavery and racism. The writer George Santayana said that those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it. May we as a society always remember our past not by preserving it in its original form, but by continuing to speak about it, to learn from it. And may we shape a future where we see the image of God in all of our fellow human beings, where we look upon one another as free and equal partners in a free and equal society. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to 7-Minute Torah. If you enjoyed this program, please leave a review or a comment, and please pass it on to a friend. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great week.